0: Vader, this is an unexpected pleasure. We're honored by your presence. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I'm here to put you back on schedule. I assure you, Lord Vader, my men are working as fast as they can. Perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them. I tell you that this station will be operational as planned. The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. But he asks the impossible. I need more men. Then perhaps you can tell him when he arrives. The Emperor's coming here? That is correct, Commander. And he is most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. We shall double our efforts. I hope so, Commander, for your sake. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 473, Top 5 Vader Moments. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Obi-Wan Kenobi to my Emperor Palpatine, we have Carl Leclerc. <laughs> That's an interesting
2: duo. Send me to yeah. kill the Emperor. I, cannot, I will not kill Anakin. He's like my
1: brother. <laughs> uh, he's still alive. Get a medical capsule immediately. So (laughs) the two most important men in Darth Vader's life, I think. I don't know.
2: Yes. No, you are not wrong about that. Um, (laughs) So we, you know, Jason, you and I love doing top fives. and We haven't done one in a while. And with all the great Vader stuff that we've been getting in the Kenobi series. And as of recording, we are just over 24 hours away from the Kenobi finale. Um, so we figured it might be just really fun to just have a conversation about some of our favorite Vader moments. And there are so many good ones. And Jason, I posted something on our Twitter earlier today, just asking folks for some of their favorite moments. And so many people writing in, I'm like, wow, I don't have any of these. (laughs) And it's like, like, I was, my first thought was like, do I not like Vader correctly? And I was like, no, I just like Vader. Very Carl like, so
1: (laughs) yes, yes, this is absolutely true. Um, I feel like I'm going to have some of the big splash moments uh, that that people like to mention uh, mixed in with some of my own things. Uh, there's a point I'm going to make later on in the episode as we kind of go through the list that I found very interesting when I was making my list. But I'll bring that up uh, a little bit later. Uh, so, But I'm very excited to talk about this because we haven't talked about Vader for a while. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, you know, if I as I think back Jason on, you know, the past 10 years, I I feel like we may have done a top eight, top 5 Darth Vader moments before, but I don't even remember mm-hmm. when the heck that would have been. I mean, I, at this at point, this point it's yeah. safe to
1: say it might have been like 5 or 6 years ago. Easily. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, and the only reason I'm even curious isn't so much because I'm concerned about repeating. It's more of just like, oh, I wonder what I picked then, right? Because I think anything right. like this is so fluid. And, uh, you know, um, I will – I mean I'm going to say it right now right out the gate that the majority of mine do come from the movies Um you know anybody if you've been with the show for a while like the star wars movies are just there those are my bread and butter like i love the animation i love the i love the the novels i love the comic books and obviously vader has some iconic moments and all of those things but i just wherever my mind goes first when i do lists like this they always just go to the movies so they're pretty heavy on that um but uh I'm really excited to see what you pick because i have a I have a feeling we will have a little bit of overlap, but I feel like there'll be more differences than than most times for us which i'm I'm looking forward to
1: absolutely any any excuse to be able to talk about more moments between the two of us is always a good excuse um <laughs> but of course, that being said uh with any wampus Lair top five, we have honorable mentions uh carl yeah how many honorable mentions do we have 17 <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is actually a list of 23 moments um no 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 so yeah. yeah as usual we've each got a couple of uh honorable mentions um so jason just because i'm really curious i'd love to hear your first
1: honorable mention all right uh my first honorable mention uh And this is one that I know a lot of people pick. Uh, It's a a favorite moment for uh, a lot of Star Wars fans. But this is Darth Vader on the Profundity, which is, of course, Admiral Raddus' ship in Rogue One. So this is that hallway scene with the the klaxon blaring and the rebel soldiers all panic trying to get through the door that slammed shut. And then you just hear the breathing, and the lightsaber ignites, and Vader is upon them like a bat out of hell, and nobody can stop him. So, yeah, it's a great scene. It's a great, uh, just fear Vader moment, which I think is a lot of of what we're we're supposed to do when when Vader arrives in in the movies and stuff like that. Um, and so, this is just a a really great. One of those and kind of the the first step that I feel like Disney Star Wars took in many ways to resurrect that fear because we spent a lot of time getting inside the helmet. Now it was time to get outside the helmet again and be like, yeah, he's actually terrifying. Mm -hmm. So
2: yeah, no, I'm and I'm really glad that you've picked this moment because this was one of the things that a lot of folks obviously quick were quick to list. It's not on my list. Um, it's an awesome moment for sure. Um, and for the reasons you said, I mean, this is the moment, this was the first moment in star Wars cinema where Darth Vader was really used as nothing more than a frightening monster. You know, I mean, he is just, he just terrorizes these troops. He marches through them like they're nothing. Um, right. and, and while again, I'm, I'm cheating here for a second cause this, this moment isn't on my list, but The first instance we really get of this terrifying Darth Vader from the Disney era was actually in the novel Lords of the Sith, which you have that great scene where Vader aboards one of the uh, the, – oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the – Ryloth. The, the resistance yeah, right, fighters yeah, on Ryloth are escaping on a ship and Vader boards. And we actually we don't get it from Vader's perspective, but we get it from somebody picking up the transmission, talking about this like dark force, yeah. just eliminating them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's terrifying. Um, and then we got to essentially see that moment in Rogue One, which was just really cool. Kind of having these two very early Disney Darth Vader interpretations of him as this terrifying monster. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm so glad you picked that. Uh, I'm glad it's in here. It sh- it deserves to be on the list for sure, even if it's not on mine. I mean, it is a great moment for sure.
1: It's a fantastic moment, uh, one that will live in Star Wars cinematic history. <laughs> uh-huh. You are right about that. But, but what's your first honorable mention, Carl? My
2: first one comes from The Empire Strikes Back, and I call it Darth Dramatic. Um, it's him at the betrayal of, <laughs> at the dinner scene um, when Lando brings them in and Vader graciously invites them to be my guest be my guest we'll put our service to the test um, you know and he
1: iron m- napkin round your neck sherry and we provide the rest which is death um,
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Vader just turns into a dancing candelabra it's great it's a great right. moment <laughs> um, yeah I've always loved this it, moment that um, it's just it's so good Yeah, I really just uh, I, I appreciate, too, that Vader is just so relaxed. He's sitting at the dining room table and the whole like the whole middle act of this movie has been, you know, Han, Leia and Chewbacca on the run constantly in harm's way. And they finally feel like they can take a breath of air and then boom, there's Vader. And the thing about mm-hmm. Vader is like he hasn't even broken a sweat like this is this just this is just so easy to him, which to me is just so indicative of how powerful he is. He's always one step ahead of you, which is that's a It's just so terrifying. I mean, they are his prey and this predator. There's just no way to outsmart him, no way to outfight him. Um and, and that's made evidence right away. As soon as Han shows up, one of you know the Galaxy's supposed greatest gunfighters to have ever lived, and Vader makes very quick work of him. Um so yeah. it's just I love it because it just shows how brilliant of a villain he is, how terrifying that um you just can't outsmart him. He's always gonna be nope. ahead of you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it's a great scene and one I'm going to reserve comment for. Ooh. That surprises me, and I like it.
2: Um, Well, what is your other honorable mention?
1: Well, we're going to go to Star Wars Rebels. Um, And this is going to be kind of the expected one from Rebels. Uh, The confrontation he has in the hangar with Kanan and Ezra, uh, where he just keeps coming, and they can't do anything except run. And obviously, this moment is, is highlighted by that shot of him lifting the two walkers that they had tried to collapse on top of him with the force and then just letting them fall behind him as he stands up and just keeps coming. So it's a fantastic scene and it really is in the same vein as the road one scene. Um, but uh, it's just really, you know, intense and scary and it's, I think really kind of the first time we actually get scared for the, the ghost crew heroes uh, in the show, at least for me, it was like the first time I got scared for them. Like someone's going to get hurt. Is Ezra going to like have to, or or Kanan going to have a, a hand chopped off or something? Are we going to have another one of those in star Wars? So, uh, you know, but it, they managed to escape with, their lives and limbs, uh, but just barely. So.
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's another one that <laughs> I actually feel like, oh, dang it, that should have been on my list. Um, but uh, it, it's all right. It's on mine. Yeah, great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, You're welcome. But yeah, I mean, exactly like you said, there's just this relentlessness to Vader. And I know <laughs> for me, the reason I always enjoyed that particular encounter. Is in those early days. I mean, my one big complaint about Rebels was is like Ezra felt a little overpowered to me. Like, oh my gosh, like he exists so close to the timeline to Luke Skywalker, he's he's making Luke feel redundant. And then this moment is like, no, 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 no. He and Kanan don't even stand a chance against Darth Vader. Like they are not the answer to that problem in the least bit. You know, they have a role to play and a very important one, but it is not the defeat of Darth Vader. And that's the thing I really appreciate is is that what Kanan and Ezra have come to represent at this point in Rebels is they are kind of this flickering light of hope for the future of the Jedi. And Vader is just quick to snuff it out, like so quick to snuff it out. Um, and even though we've seen Kanan defeat the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, um, he just doesn't even come close against Darth Vader. You know, he just doesn't stand a chance. So, no. yeah, it's, it's just so great that at this point in the game, still nobody really poses a threat to Darth Vader.
1: No, not in the slightest. He is the most dominant force user uh, out there in the galaxy right now, except for probably Palpatine, but Palpatine's not journeying the galaxy at this point. So, right. <laughs> but what about you? What's your other honorable mention?
2: Well, my other honorable mention actually is going to come from the Kenobi series. Um, and it's, okay. it's not one you would expect. Um, I'll just say that. Um, and it's, it's, the, oh. it's one, it's from the beginning of part three, episode three, where he has his conference call with Riva while he's on Mustafar. Um, I love Vader's castle. It's such an awesome design and space. And, of course, all of those designs come directly from Ralph McQuarrie because we were originally going to go there in Empire Strikes Back. Ralph McQuarrie worked up all these Vader castle images for Empire, and then they obviously chose not to go there in the story. So, it's obviously, we got it for the first time in Rogue One. But there's just mm-hmm. something about the way he's present there in this scene with Reva that I really, really love. He sits down in his throne chair, right? Like, we've never seen Darth Vader in essentially a throne. He has a throne here. Um, yeah. And I it, it just commands so much power. Um, you know, so when he, when he stands up and he's looking out the window... Um, I just, I just love that still frame shot because it's, we can see outside the window just how seething the, the atmosphere on Mustafar still is. And it's like, yes, this is the perfect analogy for who Darth Vader is. He is this seething, tormented figure who's living. I mean, his home base is on the place of his ultimate failure in his mind. Um, so I just feel like this defined Darth Vader so much. And when he has that call with Reva too, not only does he command so much power and attention, but we also see what drives him at this point of the story. Where is he? That is, I think that is the most consistent line we hear from Darth Vader in the Kenobi series. Where is he? Um, mm-hmm. and that's one of the, I'm pretty sure that's the first line he says in the Kenobi series is when he takes that call from Riva. where is he? um mm-hmm. and we just see this animal chomping at the bit waiting to get let out of the gate so he can tear the prey apart um, so i love this little moment on mustafar
1: you're right it is a it is a scene that i wouldn't have expected from uh the obi-wan kenobi series but it is a great little scene uh and i like it you know as you're describing it because it is essentially his environment is the reverse of him uh outside on mustafar it's roiling and you know just absolute chaos and and seething essentially anger is what it, it could appear uh outside the window but inside it's stark and mm-hmm. uh barren and that sort of thing but If you take him himself, when he's in the suit, it's very stark and flat, and there's no, you know, emotion. You can't read anything. But inside that helmet, inside that suit, he's seething and it's, his emotions are roiling there inside him, and it's, his anger is, is, is just waiting to be released. Um, so yeah, I do like that. And his throne, It is not comfortable looking either. It's very. It looks like it's built out of stone. Yep. Um, uh, but it is cool. It's very. It's very fascinating. Uh, And a little tidbit. I think I noticed that that opening shot on Mustafar that that leads up to the castle. I think is one of the the shots they use in the Star Wars Biomes, uh, thing on Disney Plus. Cool. When they. Yeah. They went to Mustafar and it just sort of like slowly pans, you know, across and then, you know, all the, the sounds of, of the world and, and stuff. Um, I think they used that shot or maybe the shot was created for this series and they used it for the biomes. I'm not sure which, hmm. but uh, that was just something I I noticed because I watched the biomes like three times last week. <laughs> uh, I had it on when I was working, you know, just in the background. So, but yeah. Uh-huh. Um so that was cool. But yeah, yeah, great scene. Yeah. I like that.
2: Um, Boy, now you make me want to go back and watch. I've, I've watched biomes. I think just twice. Um, I might have to go rewatch it after, after we record tonight. Cause oh, that's such a cool, that's a cool little segment they gave us. Um, yeah. But uh, so, all right. Well, what is your number five?
0: So you
1: have a twin sister. <laughs> Your feelings have now betrayed her, too. Obi-Wan was wise to hide her from me. Yes, this scene, underneath the the platform in the Emperor's Throne Room on Death Star 2 from Return of the Jedi, uh, where Darth Vader taunts Luke Skywalker for the last time. Uh, And he finally figures out, oh, yes, not only do I have a son, but I have a daughter. Uh, And he uses them against each other essentially here it it's a you know it, it's a great scene because it really is sort of the last gasp of darth vader trying to assert himself trying to to cement his hold over anakin because at this point that conflict is going on big time we've seen that conflict a lot in you know return of the jedi so this is the last like big you know a, attempt at wresting control of this the person of Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader under the Darth Vader persona. And it's you know he tries to use something so important and uh to to Luke, a, a person, a relationship because that's what turned him, you know. Uh, it's, it, it was his love for Padme that turned Anakin to the dark side. He is hoping to unbalance and possibly turn Luke to the dark side by using a relationship against him. Because they are related. And if something worked on the father, there's a good chance it will work on the son. And it nearly does. You know, Luke flies out of hiding in a rage at Vader and and nearly completely overpowers him. Um, so yeah, that's my number five. I like that scene a lot.
2: Man, that is such a good one. Uh, yeah, just just showcasing Vader's ability to to learn how to really draw someone out. Um, And Mm -hmm. and this is a theme we've seen with Vader throughout Star Wars. Um, Yeah, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, the whole idea of capturing the Millennium Falcon is to draw out Luke. Uh, In Mm -hmm. Rebels, he burns Tarkintown to the ground to draw out the Rebel cell, hopefully. Um, Mm -hmm. In Kenobi, he's, you know, using Reva to draw out Kenobi, um, you know, so we've consistently seen him do this. Try to learn what it is that drives people, so that he can manipulate that. And his ability to pull that out of Luke. And I, I think for me, what I've always loved about that scene is, you know, Force Awakens gave us our first ever explicit look at like Force Mind Steal, or what I don't know what the power is called, right? But when Kylo pulls the information out of out of Poe. And people are like, wow, that's so powerful. But it's like, no, no, no. The first time we saw that is in Return of the Jedi. He's able to peer into Luke's mind. And if you watch, I mean, the way Luke is reacting, like he keeps closing his eyes tighter and tighter, like trying to shut Vader out. Like clearly Vader is probing his mind and he's trying to keep Mm -hmm. him out. And as powerful as Luke is, it's Vader still able to draw it out so easily. He doesn't need to be there with his hand in his face, even like Kylo does he just pulls it right out and immediately manipulates yeah. that. Um,
1: reading, his, reading his feelings, emotions, and, you know, finding out what the, the root of those are. Uh, Vader isn't just the heavy. He's not just the enforcer. He is intelligent. Yep. Um, it's just Palpatine is a master manipulator and, you know, schemer. And so sometimes Vader gets a little overshadowed in that regard. So, but he's no slouch.
2: <laughs> yep. You are not wrong about that. He is no
1: slouch. <laughs> All right. What about you? What's uh, your number five? My
2: number five is his duel with Luke on Cloud City um, from The Empire Strikes Back. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's debatable my favorite duel in the original trilogy. It's a toss-up between that and Return of the Jedi. Um, but I love, I mean, I love this for a Vader moment because, again, we just see Vader in complete control. He is owning Luke the entire fight. He's never in any physical danger. Um, and there's just, there's so much going on for Vader in the fight. Um, when Luke shows up, he knows Luke is his son. He knows that from the get-go, which is probably why he's also holding back a bit in the fight. I mean, he could have probably cut Luke down in the first few strokes, but chooses to kind of toy with him because he's trying to draw out where's Luke at? What are his abilities? Um, And I've always loved the moment when he kicks Luke down into the carbon freeze pit, and he's just like, all too easy. Perhaps you're not as strong as the Emperor thought, right? There's this Mm -hmm. disappointment in him, like, oh, man, like, I can't believe my son is this week. And then boom, Luke shoots up and he's like, Oh, impressive. Most impressive. You know what I mean? And there's, there's almost like this hint of like, yes, like that's my son. And, and not like, not from this like fatherly right. love aspect, but more of like, yes, my lineage is strong. Right. Um, right. And, and as that fight continues, he just keeps putting Luke under the, under his fist more and more and more. And it is the, and obviously when the fight comes to its conclusion, we get the biggest revelation and debatably cinema history with him saying he's Mm -hmm. his father. And this is the most vulnerable Darth Vader has probably been in probably 20 years. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Kenobi finale later this week. Um, right. I don't think he's going to be vulnerable, but there is Vader offering that up. Um, is very dangerous in a lot of ways because he has worked so hard over the past two decades to destroy Anakin Skywalker and then here in this moment he's revealing that he is Luke's father and Luke's father was Anakin, not Darth Vader mm-hmm. so Darth Vader yeah. really takes a risk here by by revealing this part about himself um, so yeah that is my that is my number five it's just this this great powerful duel where vader's always in control and doing everything he can to to test where this boy is at and to ultimately see is he a worthy candidate for apprenticeship
1: right now this is a great moment and i'm really glad you had it on your list because it it didn't make mine uh so uh, the the whole duel is fantastic and my my favorite part of it Being when he's there, you know, uh, uh, throwing just the room at Luke, essentially, Mm -hmm. with the force. You know, he stands there and just, you know, every challenge that he gives to Luke, every stage of this fight is harder and harder and harder and harder. And this is kind of the point where he starts to overpower Luke and he just... He's essentially seeing how much punishment Luke will take at this point. Um, and when he reveals that, you know, that information to Luke about being his father, it's while it is a vulnerable point for Vader, even that is used as a weapon against Luke you know yeah. it it's you know there's no real you know he says come with me and together we'll we'll rule the galaxy as father and son uh you know the, there's no i'm not sure there's really any sort of familial uh compassion mm, at that point no. there um th- this is this is all about alliances for Vader at this point uh, in my opinion and the only thing that Luke can do to take control away from Vader in this entire situation is take himself out of the equation which is what he does um, but yeah it's it's a fantastic display of Vader's power um, this whole duel uh, and it's, it's great so yeah, yeah.
2: Um, well, we are up to your number four.
1: Number four. Uh, we're going to go back to Rebels one last time. Uh, and no, it's not the duel with Ahsoka. I love that moment, but I love that moment for Ahsoka, not for Vader. Mm. Um, this is Vader versus Phoenix Squadron. Uh-huh. Uh, as he flies his TIE advanced, you know, fighter against Phoenix Squadron, and just tears it apart. Just single-handedly. And then, of course, the Ghost crew has to get involved, and Ahsoka jumps in, and they try to distract him by reaching out with the Force, and he figures out Ahsoka's alive. And she figures out who Vader is, or at least gets a revelation that she then starts questioning. Um, But, you know, the apprentice lives. Uh, being, of course, the big quote there. But the the main thrust of this scene that I really want to focus on is the fact that this is still Anakin's piloting skills at work in Vader. You know, Vader is an ace pilot, and we just got to see him put a clinic on for this rebel <laughs> cell. Uh, and it they paid with their lives for not passing the test. So... <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's a great scene because you know obviously the only time we get to see vader flying a starfighter in the movies is a new hope and it's a very straightforward task that he has to do is chase these pi- pilots down the trench and blast them out of the sky before they reach the um the exhaust port he didn't doesn't have to do much in the way of showing off his skills there so getting to see Darth Vader's piloting skills at work uh, in Rebels was fantastic, and I'm really glad that we we have that moment to look back at.
2: What a great moment! Yeah, I uh, it's not on my list, but you're absolutely right, and and I agree with you that the Ahsoka Vader duel is is great, but I feel like it's I care more about that because of Ahsoka and less about Vader, um, right? Because it doesn't even really seem to bother him. Uh, Which I guess is a statement about him, but at the same time, all that to say, though, yeah, I'm in full agreement, though, this this him just tearing through Phoenix squadron is great. And it's made very clear that especially under like Harris tutelage, that they've become a very elite fighter squadron and Vader just picks them off like nothing. Um, And it's a nice reminder that, you know this is the same boy who destroyed a trade federation battleship at nine years old. Right. Like this. this, And then, you know, in the clone wars, I mean, he was, no one could go toe to toe with him in a fighter. And so it's really cool to get to see Vader kind of just slip into that, uh, slip into that role. Um, and I'm going to, again, plug something that's not, didn't make any of my lists, even though it probably should have, but the, the novel, um, uh, the Sith Lord, dark, Oh my gosh. Why am I blanking on it? Lords of the Sith. Lords of the Sith. Thank you. Which I mentioned earlier. There's another, I mean, there's a great scene in that where he jumps into his, uh, jumps into a fighter and just like tears through some stuff. And uh, Mm. it's been a little bit since I've read the book, but if I remember correctly, like when he's in the cockpit, like we get kind of in his head and he's like, this is the one place where he feels most himself. Like he always feels, you know, so comfortable and yeah, so free and comfortable in the cockpit. So we kind of get that sense, uh, very explicitly when he tears through Phoenix squadron. Um,
1: so Carl, yeah, Carl, what, what if we get him flying ship to catch up with Obi-Wan, uh, in the finale in 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And,
2: and Obi-Wan says flying is for droids. (laughs) right (laughs) um i mean we definitely we definitely could um that'd be awesome i'd love to see it i'd love to see the tie advance again on screen that'd be really
1: cool um not sure if it's even built at this point you know 10 years before you hope
2: yeah i feel like it probably is but yeah who knows i mean because the i don't know yeah that's a good point who knows um but yeah what a great pick though that is that's such a good moment from rebels
1: yeah. So what about you? What's your number four?
2: My number four comes from A New Hope. Um, and it, it's one of the first scenes that always grabbed me with Darth Vader. And speaking of grab, he grabs Captain Antilles by the throat. Um, ah. Yeah, it's it's a very brutal scene when he kills Captain Antilles. Um, and Jason, as you know, I have such a deep love for the A New Hope radio drama. Um, and mm-hmm. Captain Antilles has a much bigger role in that, which is makes his death even more well it makes his death actually like you actually care about it and, and a new hope as it stands like it's just like it's just a random rebel officer we don't have a relationship with him um, right but it is such a power statement for Vader obviously his first appearance is walking through the door and a very commanding attribute but the very next thing we see with him is him killing Captain Antilles um, that there's this brutality to him that he will stop at nothing to get what he's after, and he'll kill anybody. And what always struck me in that scene is, yes, he's a super powerful person. Just the fact that he's holding Antilles with one hand off the ground by the throat. Mm-hmm. Um, but after he kills Antilles, as he angrily shouts, "Bring me the tra- bring me the pres- or bring me the passengers. I want them alive. You're like, Oh my God, what is he going to do to them? Right? Like we just saw him brutalize the commander of the ship. What will he do to everybody else? Like there's, there's just such a statement of terror there in that moment. And that's, um, and, and, and not to like make this about something else, but that was one thing I always wish they had done with Darth Maul's. I wish we'd had one scene, Akin to this in Phantom Menace, not not because I like need to see brutality and violence, but um, I always thought it would have been really neat to see when Darth Maul shows up on Tatooine, see him kill some Tusken Raiders or something. Um, Not because, again, like I I get off on the violence of it, but just more to show how terrifying he is because we don't really see him do anything (laughs) until he attacks Qui-Gon in the desert. Um, And this is the thing with Darth Vader. He rolls up onto the screen. He doesn't just look intimidating. And the very first full scene with him, we see him brutalize the commander of the ship and then make this very open, vague threat to everyone else in his way. I mean, he's terrifying.
1: Um, So
2: that is my number four.
1: That's a good number four. And I'm really glad you had it on your list because it's not on mine and it probably should have been Um, (laughs) because it is. Our cinematic introduction to Darth Vader, uh you know that this is this is how we met the dark Lord of the Sith uh, and it is memorable uh and terrifying so yeah i I really really glad you you have this because you automatically know in the the opening shot as he steps through the smoke and and the door, this is the bad guy. We need to be scared of him Uh, with the music and just the the imposing presence he has and the way he just casually looks at the bodies on the floor and then stalks through the hallway. And then we just see him one-handed holding a guy in the air, choking him to death when he doesn't give him the information he wants, and fling him into the side of the (laughs) the bulkhead um Mm. yeah it's it's imposing it's terrifying and you immediately want to run the other way (laughs) so um yeah you kind of feel those those rebels from the end of rogue one right there (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah
2: i like the way you framed that though too jason like when we see him walk in we know he's the villain the villain we know he's the big bad um but and then that very next scene, though, shows why we should be afraid of him, right? Like, it, it's one thing to be like, ooh, he's imp- this guy looks imposing. And then we're immediately shown why we should be afraid of him, um, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, well, we're up to your number three. Number three. All right. We're going to go to Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and uh, part three and his arrival on Mapuzo. Uh, We talked about this last episode, um, where Darth Vader, it's a small, sleepy little backwater town, and he just storms down Main Street, essentially, yanking people out of their houses, killing them with no regard, just causing complete terror and mayhem of this little town, all to draw Obi-Wan Kenobi out. Because he knows Obi-Wan is there. And Obi-Wan can't, you know, abide that kind of senseless violence. So he will commit it. Uh, and it's not only just senseless violence, but it is done in uh, very brutal and, and terrifying ways. Uh, and it's honestly the most scared I've been of Vader since Rogue One. So, um, yeah, it, it the horror. I, I, I described it as the horror of Vader last episode, and mm. and this is that. This is honestly for me, this is the peak horror of Vader moment uh, that we get. You know, th- that's not the only aspect of Vader out there, but in this regard, this is the height of it, and it is terrifying and. I'm, I'm curious to see if we get any more of that in, in the finale. Um, not sure. Uh, they're going to have to wrap that up pretty quick. They've got a lot to wrap up in the last episode. Um, but yeah, uh, I I just love that moment.
2: Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's like you said, it's so brutal. Um, and I think what stands out most to me from from that moment. Is just thinking about this from the perspective of those villagers and Mm -hmm. the types of rumors that are going to be spread about this character, Darth Vader, right? Like that not even innocent, helpless victims are free of his wrath. Um, So I just think about it as things like this, events like this, build up the myth of Darth Vader within the story itself. Not just... The myth of Darth Vader for us, like Star Wars fans, but the myth of Darth Vader within that galaxy far, far away, you know, um, everyone kind of knows who Darth Vader is. He's a name that's whispered across the galaxy. And then you see an event like this and you're like, this is exactly why, you know, all it takes is a couple random villages like this where he just goes in and senselessly kills people. And I'm sure this isn't the first time he's done it. Um, there's a, I bet you there's a ferocity to this that may have been absent in other instances because of who he's hunting, um, right? But there is a ferociousness to him in these types of events that are clearly going to uh, cast a shadow of Darth Vader across the galaxy. I mean, th- things like this are what make him appear to be nothing more than the enforcer of Palpatine.
1: Right. No, that's that's very true. It is the the myth of Vader. Because uh he is. The, the the reputation that he builds from moments like this precedes him uh and works in his favor. Um, you know, so I, I love that point. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh what is your number three?
2: My number three is <laughs> Jason, this is such a carl pick. Uh but it's his his call with the emperor. On the executor in Empire Strikes Back. Um, I love this scene. I love it so much. Um, and it was hard when I was putting together my list. I was like, I could just pick all these moments from Empire Strikes Back. To me, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Darth Vader movie. Um, and it's, this is the movie that I hold up all other villains in movies too, is every, and what I mean by that is every time Darth Vader is on camera, every time he's in a scene in Empire Strikes Back, I am, I am focused. I, I love him as a villain in this movie. The only other movie that has ever done that for me is the Joker in the Dark Knight. Every time Joker is on screen, I am invested in those, in those stories, Um, So to me, Darth Vader and Empire and Dark and Joker and Dark Knight are the perfect villains, villain scenes. But the reason I choose the one with the Emperor is (laughs) essentially because uh, Sam Witwer did a um, did a a, a movie commentary for Empire Strikes Back years and years and years ago on um, on a podcast. And uh, he makes the point that in this scene, when Piet comes up to Vader and says, the Emperor commands you to make contact with him. Listen to the way Darth Vader's breathing. Halts for a second. He, you know, We always get the normal, oh, bah, oh, but he goes, oh, like there's like he ca- it catches his breath because it's like he's the he's about to be scolded as the schoolboy. Like he's on this personal mm-hmm. vendetta hunt for Luke that the Emperor is clearly not aware of so vader's been caught he's just been called to the principal's office <laughs> you know um right. so I, I i don't think that he's necessarily afraid but more like oh crap i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to con- you know deal with this now and and then he has this converse conversation with the emperor and um it's just so awesome uh and part of the thing i like about it is this is the only person Vader would ever bend his knee for ever, you know, so yeah. um, it's a reminder that Vader is somebody's minion, right? I mean, we obviously mm-hmm. know that we know that, especially if you've watched the prequels first, but as powerful as Darth Vader is, he's not all powerful because if he were all powerful, he wouldn't have to bend his in in the eyes of the dark side, he wouldn't have to bend his knee to anybody. So seeing him bend his knee, it's a reminder that there is a leash on Vader. Yeah. And what I also really enjoy about this scene is the emperor essentially lays it out. Like the son of Anakin is alive. You know, I love that he called the son of Skywalker, right? Like it's never Mm -hmm. made explicit that this is your son because Anakin is dead. Um, Right. And what I really really like about this is that Vader changes the Emperor's mind in a sense. Whether or not the Emperor probably knew it was going to go this way is kind of inadmissible. But the Emperor is like, you have to destroy him. He's the only threat to us. Destroy him. And Vader's like, but what if what if we turned him? What if we made him into an ally? You know, and then boom, they're both snatching, they're both hatching the same scheme here. They're both working to make Luke an apprentice. But for Vader Mm -hmm. in this moment, I mean, he's lying directly to the emperor's face. And of course, he knows the emperor knows it, but it doesn't stop him from still telling the lie of, oh, yeah, I'll I'll turn him and then he can serve both of us. No, no, no. Vader right in front of the emperor is basically saying, no, 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 I'm not going to kill him because I want him to be my apprentice so we can kill you, which in a certain way kind of makes Vader even more of a badass. He just got called into the principal's office and he's saying to the principal, you know what? Uh, I know this guy and we're going to kill you. <laughs> like Holy, holy bananas, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so even though Vader bends the knee, he is plotting behind that mask to overthrow the emperor to his face.
0: Oh.
1: Um,
2: exactly. I love
1: and it. the emperor is doing the same. Yep. They, uh, they, they both. Know. And they both. Know it. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I love how you, you describe this scene because, you know, obviously Vader is this, this, terrifying force that we have had and you know even the other person who he took orders from Tarkin he never bowed to he never showed any sort of like obeisance to him he yeah. he took commands like a military you know equal right um but never like showed any sort of deference to Tarkin uh in, in terms of of rank and here he's – not only is he kneeling before the hologram of the Emperor, but it's just a hologram of the Emperor's head that is like five times his size. You know, and it's just – the image the, – the, the shot that's just the the big wide shot of the room with Vader – little Vader on one knee uh, on one side and the giant head of the, the holographic head of the Emperor – on the other is just my favorite shot of that scene. Uh and it's it's so good. Oh yeah. So good. I'm, I'm glad you you picked this scene. Here's the funny thing. You know, you you said that, you know, your favorite Vader is Empire Vader, which is definitely fair. Uh it is a very Vader heavy movie. My favorite Vader is not Empire Vader and I only have one surprisingly uh vader pick from empire strikes back and we're going to come to that right now with my number two uh and i said i'd hold on this so <laughs> if you're paying attention folks you should know what it is um welcome to dinner um we're gonna go back to the dinner <laughs> scene dinner. Uh, but uh yeah the the reason i like this scene so much is because as you said uh it is a moment where han and leia and Chewbacca feel like, you know, they've been running the entire movie, you know, ever since the probe droids showed up on Hoth. The three of them have been running for their lives and they're frustrated. They're tired. They're just, you know, at their wits end. And they finally think they've got a place to fix the Falcon, take a quick breather and then get back to the Rebels. And they're going to dinner, of all things. And when the door opens, who should be there but Darth Vader? Oh, no. Um, So he's clever enough to not only have predicted, well, through the help of Boba Fett, to, you know, get there unknown to them, uh, but also get there ahead of them. Because obviously they they don't have any hyperdrive. So he's able to shoot in ahead of them and get in without being seen (laughs) so uh and he's waiting he just is waiting there for them and then they set this trap and then we get the great moment of han pulling the blaster and vader just putting a hand up and taking the blaster bolts in the hand you know with the force and then he you know calls the blaster to his hand and that's that's that we would be honored if you would join us. Um, and it's great because, you know, we have that duel in part five of Obi-Wan Kenobi between Darth Vader and Reva, where he uses the force to block her blade a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're not paying attention, you may not remember this scene, the dinner scene in empire where he basically does the same thing with laser blasts. Um, you know, so uh, I I love this scene because it's Vader being smart and getting the jump on people uh, at their uh, when they're least expecting it when they feel like they should be safe. Um, so yeah, I think this is a it's a great great scene and it's why it's my number two.
2: Yeah, I mean I love it too, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, my number two, I'm gonna take us back to episode three, "Revenge of the Sith," and I call it the entombment of Darth Vader. Um, I absolutely love the scene when he is encased in the Darth Vader armor, um, and I think one of the one of the most brilliant things about episode three and about the prequel trilogy in general, right, is you know when George came under flack. Um, throughout the making of the prequels. Everybody, you know, was like, well, this isn't the story that I wanted. And George was very adamant. This is the story I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the story of the good man of Anakin Skywalker and how he fell. This wasn't, he's like, everybody wanted me to tell the story where he becomes Darth Vader at the end of episode one. And then it's just two movies of him beating people up as Darth Vader. He's like, that's not a story I wanted (laughs) to tell. Just like, yeah, cool. Good for you, George. So I love that, you know, I think in, at least in my mind, and I can't I can't speak for everybody, but I think like when we think of Darth Vader, we immediately think of the man in the armor. We don't mm-hmm. seem to think about Darth Vader was also Anakin, you know, Anakin before right. he goes into the armor. And I think the thing about him going into the armor is this is really what cements his his identity is Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, if you've, if you've read the revenge of the Sith novel by Matthew Stover, um, which again, if you haven't, and you've been listening to us for a long time, what the hell are you waiting for? (laughs) It's the best Star Wars book (laughs) that's ever been written. Um, But uh, pretty darn good. (laughs) Yeah. And when in this scene, the way Matthew Stover even talks about it is there's this understanding that as Vader is being entombed in this armor, he realizes the emperor won in the fullest way, because this really inhibits the power of the chosen one. Um, And what I love about this moment too, is this is the moment when Anakin is buried for good. Well, hopefully for good. And that, that dragon in his heart that Matthew Stover talks about and Mike Chen talks about in brotherhood that gets buried under the armor of Darth Vader. Um, and when you watch this scene, I've always loved the way Hayden plays the part where we get that one shot of the side of his face as the, the, the helmet is coming down and there's this look of fear on his face. Mm -hmm. Um, like he is terrified about how claustrophobic his life is about to become. And. Quite literally, the Darth Vader armor cuts him off from humanity. He literally can't touch a human being ever. He has no limbs to touch them with. They're all mechanical. They're all encased in gloves and armor. Darth Vader literally loses his ability for human touch in this moment. Um, So no wonder he is a person who becomes so bitter and angry because he can't even... He can't even touch another person ever again. Um, and yeah, I just, I love this moment so much because it really defines who Darth Vader will be for the rest of his life that, you know, all of the goodness inside of him, all of the lingering doubts and concerns of Anakin just get buried beneath this armor. And when he looks in the mirror every day, he's just going to keep seeing this monster instead. Um, so I absolutely love this scene from episode three.
1: Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, it's a great scene because, you know, as you said, that shot of the helmet coming down and his eyes widening with, you know, fear and realization as to how this is going to be. It's it's terrifying to an extent. You know, he, he's cut off. He is entombed. This is the, you know... Not only is it in the in the entombment of Darth Vader, it's also the enslavement of Darth Vader because mm. it makes him dependent on the Emperor and you know others to to help maintain him. Uh, you know, as we see in Rogue One and in Obi Wan Kenobi, he spends time either in the suit or in a back to tank. You know, he's in tubes and and suits of armor. And that is where he exists and he, he's, you know, dependent on others to, to maintain who he has become now. He is not, you know, in his mind anymore. He's not the chosen one. He is not the hero of the Clone Wars that could do no wrong and was unstoppable all on his own. You know, he's, he requires others just to exist. Um, Yeah. You know, not to say that he's not, you know, incredibly powerful and terrifying when he is in the suit and out and about because he most definitely is, but sometimes he needs, you know, extra help or maintenance. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating for him. I'm sure it's infuriating for him. I can, I would imagine. So yeah. Yeah. That's the moment where it all starts. So love it.
2: Excellent. Well, that makes us come down to our number ones, Jason. And I am very curious where your number one lies.
1: This is going to be, uh, this should be no surprise or for me, uh, that my favorite Darth Vader moment comes from return of the Jedi. uh, It's too late for me, son, where we get Darth Vader on the balcony on Endor with Luke Skywalker, and the two of them have their confrontations. Luke hands himself over, makes an appeal to Anakin, and Vader tries to quash that immediately. That name no longer has any meaning for me, you know, And, and he is, you know, he is definitely struggling here and it is the moment that we really see the impact that luke is having on on Darth vader and the you know my favorite moment of this entire scene is the last one luke is taken away by the troopers and the imperial officer and it's just vader left alone on the catwalk and he just walks over to the the edge and just stares out of the forest and you can almost hear his just weary sigh of like this, this can't continue. This can't go on. And as he tries to figure out what to do next, you know, about Luke, about himself, about the emperor, you know, and it, it's such a, a great scene because it has so many aspects of who Vader is, who Anakin was all wrapped up in it. And you can, you know, with every new, uh, project that has more of Vader, more of Anakin, you can add another layer into this scene seamlessly. Mm. And it's just so fantastic. And, uh, it is my favorite Vader moment of all time. And I think last time we did this kind of episode five, six years ago, whenever it was, I think this was my number one back then too. Um, but it might be the only one that's the same <laughs> from my list <laughs> from last mm-hmm. time we did this. But yeah, uh, I don't, it'll take a lot to shake this from my favorite Darth Vader moment, uh, so yeah i love this i love this scene so much carl
2: yeah well funny you say that jason it's also my number one Um, yes (laughs) so with it being our number one do you know what let's let's listen to the clip here real quick
0: the emperor has been expecting you i know father so you have accepted the truth I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self. You've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful, as the Emperor has foreseen. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny... Search your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late. For me, son.
2: What a great moment, Jason. <laughs> um yeah. Obi Wan I- once thought
1: as you did.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Hopefully, they actually show us that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's such a good scene, and I think, like you said, I it would take a lot to shake this from my favorite Vader moment, and as much as. I love watching Vader like kick some butt and do things like that. What makes Vader a compelling villain and what makes to me, anybody a compelling villain is that there is some sense of humanity to them. Um, That if they're just a black and white killer, they're not a compelling character in the least. Um, At least not in my opinion. Um, So this scene is one of the most tortured Darth Vader moments. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and the way that it even begins, Luke points out that his father, he does believe that this is his father, but that's Anakin, not Darth Vader. And there is such, right. There's just such a viscerally strong reaction to that name no longer has any meaning to me, right? There's such a disdain for the name of Anakin Skywalker for Darth Vader, um, which reminds me of when he does encounter Ahsoka and rebels, Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Right. I mean, this is also the Kylo Ren dialogue from force awakens in so many ways. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vader has such a disdain for Anakin because in his mind, Anakin is a failure. Um, and this is something I know you and I are going to get into a lot more next week when we talk about the final two episodes of Kenobi. Um, but, but this, this reality that for Anakin the desire to be the most powerful person he ever could be in order to hopefully save his mother. Doesn't do that. Well, hopefully save his wife. Nope. Doesn't do that. So in the eyes of Darth Vader, Anakin was weak and he destroys him so that he can hopefully become so powerful that nothing could ever hurt him again. Um, And in this moment, it's very clear that Luke is getting to him. And um, if you watch this scene again, watch the body language of Darth Vader. And again, this, this scene is a huge credit to David Prowse. Um, He does some great physical acting in this scene. Um, But when, when Luke turns his back on him and like goes and stands, you know, that's why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't take me to the emperor. Now, if you look at the way Vader is standing, he's kind of slouched over, slouched over and bent towards Luke a bit. Now, whether or not I'm reading too much into this, that's certainly plausible. Um, But, (laughs) you know, I can't think of any other time we saw Darth Vader on screen where he's not standing completely erect, right? Like he's always in control, straight back, powerful, strong. But in this moment, he's bent towards Luke a bit like Luke is getting to him. Luke is putting this weight on his shoulders that is physically causing him to tilt forward a bit. Um, And then when he turns his back on Luke, there's this this patheticness to Darth Vader. And I don't, and I, and patheticness in the most merciful way I can mean it is you don't know the power of the dark side. This is someone with an addiction, Um right? Like, and this is a conversation we've had in the past uh, several years ago. Um, but there's this question of was Darth Vader ever really a Sith or was he just addicted to the dark side? And I think this moment is one that kind of shows Uh, he's just kind of an addict to the dark side. Like he's, he's, this is something he can't seem to let himself be free of. He is, as you said earlier, Jason, he's enslaved to this. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is the, this is the ultimate tragedy of Darth Vader is he becomes a slave who had once been a slave, (laughs) you know? Um, And so this scene is so powerful to me as a Darth Vader moment, because we're really seeing beneath the armor. This isn't Anakin yet. Luke is certainly getting at him. But in this moment, we see Darth Vader who he's all this bluster. He's all this brawn. He's all this strength and power. And yet it's all there is this kind of facade um, of of kind of this pathetic, broken person that he really is. Um, And to me, that's really who Darth Vader is. Anakin has always been the hero and the hero is just buried inside of him. But who Darth Vader is, is just a pathetic, broken person um, in need of healing in need of forgiveness, um, which is, of course, what he's going to get a little bit later on. And then, you know, like you said, I want to close it just by saying it is that moment of him leaning on the banister, an absolutely quiet moment where you Mm -hmm. do, though, you again... Pay attention to the breathing. Just like my moment I mentioned with Empire Strikes Back where he catches his breath when he's in trouble. There is almost a sigh from his breath as he leans forward. <sighs> like there's just like this. Yeah. Oh, God, what do I do now? Right. Like maybe I am more than just this broken monster. Um, so, yeah, it, to me, this is the most powerful and beautiful Darth Vader scene. Um, and so, you know, I noticed some people were saying, "Oh, the moment he saves Luke," and I, I, I do not mean to be like one of those fan bros here. It's but, a
1: fantastic scene, but it's an Anakin scene. Anakin, yeah, it's yeah. Anakin coming back. That's right. why I. That's why it's yeah. not on my list. Exactly. You know, I, I would have had it on my list if I. It, but it's Anakin to me. Yep. It's not Darth Vader anymore. That's right. the, Anakin has thrown Vader off. Uh, and and rushed to aid his son. Yeah. Um it's a fantastic scene uh and and one of my favorites from uh Return of the Jedi, but it's it's Anakin. It's the Resurrection of Anakin Skywalker and and that's why it's not in my list here today. So Right, yes. Yeah, same
2: here. And again, this is not I'm not trying to say if this is your favorite Darth Vader moment, you're wrong. That's not a Darth Vader moment. But just from my perspective, this is an Anakin moment. Um, Right. So but but yeah, I think but I think this is the moment that is the most uh, in that gray area of where he is still Darth Vader in this moment on Endor. But yes, it's the first time where Anakin's Anakin's memory is really getting tapped and Darth Vader is starting to come to an understanding of what he's limited in. Um, it's it's a it's a moment where Darth Vader is aware of his limitations, and I think that that's really awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, there you have it, everybody. Yeah. Wampus Lair top five Vader moments. hi uh, well, plus honorable mentions. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was fun, Carl. Oh, it uh, really was. We should do it again in five years. Um,
2: I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. That That's a very great idea. I'm here for it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, I mentioned obviously earlier we threw this on our Twitter earlier today and already have gotten some really cool, cool responses. But be that as it may, we'd always love to hear what other people are are picking as some of their favorite Darth Vader moments, because, again, there are so many that we didn't clearly mention. Um, Absolutely. So I would love to know what some of the some of your favorite ones are. If especially if they weren't mentioned, um, it's always cool to hear what other people really love. Um,
1: so yeah, exactly. And Carl, if people want to reach out with us to talk about those favorite Vader moments or anything else relating to Star Wars, obviously we got the finale of Obi Wan Kenobi coming this week, and they want to if you want to reach out and talk to us about that as it comes up. Where can people uh, get in contact, Carl?
2: Uh, well, we are on Twitter at WampasLair. You can also catch us on Instagram at the Lair, And you can always email us at WampasLairPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Excellent. Anything else before we close down this episode,
2: Carl? No, Jason. I'm just so excited to see where they take Vader in just a few short days on Kenobi.
1: Yes. Where will he go next? Uh, Well, we'll find out. Thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampas Lair podcast. This has been episode number 473, Top 5 Vader Moments. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair.